Welcome to the Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. This year, the Girl Scouts of the United States of America released survey data that 90% of American girls feel strong pressure from the media, especially from the fashion industry, to have thin body types. The study also reported that the girls long for more realistic representations, which is really just seeing healthier and more common women in the media. Judy Schoenberg from the Girl Scouts Institute is joining us to discuss this topic. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm delighted to hear about the study and mostly that girls want a more realistic image of other girls in the media. It also seems so intriguing and, and maybe there's a connection that healthier images are wanted, yet we have an obesity epidemic in our kids. But let's begin with a little bit of history. What led the Girl Scouts to do the survey in the first place? What led us to do this survey was we did a national survey, well, actually a national study of girls around the issue of body image, physical activity, nutrition in the context of the obesity epidemic that we released in 2006. And what we saw in that study was that girls have a very unique definition of health that connects their emotional lives with their physical sense of self. So you know, for girls, in terms of the obesity epidemic, it wasn't just about eating right and exercising. For them, it was so much related to their friendships and how they felt about themselves and how their peers felt about them and really conforming. And girls just told us they want to be normal and you know they want to be healthy enough as long as that conforms to quote unquote normal body image. And over the last few years, what we've seen is that the crisis in obesity, the literature there has been really separate from the literature on eating disorders. And as you mentioned, these two crises are really happening at the same time. And they really are at just different ends of the spectrum from each other, but they're very closely related. The last thing that we want to do with girls around the obesity epidemic is make girls more obsessed with their bodies and, and the pressure to be thin than they already are. So the messages have to be really delicate. And so we heard of what girls were telling us in that national study from a few years ago. And then with some of the fashion industry standards changing around images of models and so forth that's been happening over the last few years, we really wanted to delve deeper and look at more of the external influences in girls' lives. We know how they felt about the issue, but what was really influencing their image outside of their own sense of health. And that's why we did this study on to coincide actually with Fashion Week in New York in February on girls' body image and the impact that the fashion industry and media has on them. And we see that there is this girl image crisis in the media from this study that more and more over the last decade that girls' value and young women's value centers on sexual and physical attractiveness rather than ability, you know, even at the youngest ages. That's been a major difference, I would say, in the last 10 or 20 years that this is happening younger and younger. In terms of the images that girls see in the media, they see a lack of female role models with a range of skills portrayed so that girls are only valued for their bodies. And why we did this study, too, is that the APA, the American Psychological Association, released a really groundbreaking report several years ago that talked about the consequences of sexualization and body obsession in the media. So there is a link between sexualization of girls in the media and their bodies and the impact on self-esteem, sexual identity, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, and shame. So there are real consequences to seeing these 
these images, and that's what many people just don't get. They don't. They think it's just normal, and why do we need to change them? This is just a part of life. But we know that there are real consequences for girls. You bring up so many points, and I know it's often been argued that in our current society, teenage girls are encouraged to look sexy, but yet very few of them know what it really means to be sexual. That's a great point and something that we've been thinking a lot about, too. We did a study 10 years ago, actually, when we launched the Institute in 2000 called Teens Before Their Time which even 10 years ago, girls were talking about. Britney Spears is probably way out for girls right now in terms of popularity, but she was very popular with girls 10 years ago. And we heard girls wanting to emulate the way Britney Spears looked and danced. And what we found in that study was that girls are taking in these images at more and more at faster and faster rates because of the internet, because of the proliferation of them in advertising, because they're marketed to in very different ways than they were 10 or 15 years ago. But they are not able to handle and cope with the consequences of what these images mean in terms of their sexual identity and their developing sexuality emotionally you know, and cognitively. So they talk about that being sexual is just related to how they look and not about how they feel. They can't really pinpoint how they feel. And one of the things also that is part of the larger picture is that when we have this media with the hypersexualization of girls, it's very confusing to teenage guys as well because they don't quite understand what a normal appropriate relationship is with a girl. Yeah, I mean they they think that the images that they see in the media are many of them I think. I mean girls I know are very media savvy, but I think that boys just take that the these in as normal and so that they expect their girlfriends or the girls that they're friends with to look and and act in these ways. And you know, I I don't think that the media helps with discouraging that at all with the kinds of movies that teenagers are consuming now and the kinds of things that are available to them. I don't know if you've heard about Mattel just launched a big new brand called Monster High. No, I haven't, no. Yeah, if you should check out the website because it's actually aimed at tweens, but we know that tweens aspire up, preteens aspire up to teens. Things are marketed to preteens at younger and younger ages, but they're you know, highly sexualized images, girls and boys interacting together, but like nothing that you probably want your daughters to be modeling. I concur. So let's look a little bit about what's being done to try to offset this trend. I know it's a mm-hmm. huge trend and it's become in too many ways, shall we say, a core quality of our society and the media is shaping you. There are two points that I would like to get to. Number one, what specifically are the Girl Scouts and similar organizations doing to intervene? And secondly, what's also interesting is that in the U.S. House of Representatives, a bill has been proposed mm-hmm. to deal with these issues. And it always makes me very curious when we need a bill to help us understand how we should help our children. I'd love to talk about the bill because it's a very exciting project for then us. Then let's start with that. Here. Let's start with okay, that. Great. And then I'd also like to talk about some new programming we have Please. around self-esteem and leadership. Okay, so we heard from the survey that we did this winter that girls really had a call to action, as you mentioned, for the fashion industry, that they'd really rather see real or natural photos of models rather than the touched-up airbrush versions. And they'd also like to, many, you know, three-quarters of them would like to buy clothes that they see in real-size models rather than on super skinny ones. 
solutions. We also knew from that study that we conducted several years ago that policy solutions should really embrace a holistic definition of health. So a definition that resonates with girls, that helps amplify their voices, that connects the emotional, social, and physical health. We also know that this issue cannot be handled alone with just community-based organizations or with just parents, that it really needs to be a multi-pronged approach that influences policy, government, legislation rooted in policy, industry, and also parents and educators and those working directly with girls. So we had this great opportunity to, to initiate this process based on work that the American Psychological Association did around this topic and also some of our recent research. We came together and launched the Healthy Media for Youth Act. And we had some representatives to work with us in Congress to introduce the act. And the bill focuses on improving youth's media literacy and promoting healthy messages about girls and women. And just to interrupt, if anybody wants to read the bill, it's H.R. 4925. H.R. 4925. You type that into any search engine and it will come up. Great. And there are three components to the bill that I wanted to talk about. One is that if passed, the bill will offer competitive grants for media literacy programs and youth empowerment groups that address both boys and girls, because we know this, as we discussed, this is an issue impacts both genders. It, it also calls for more research on how depictions of women and girls in media affect youth's physical, emotional, and social health. And we really don't have, especially with new social media, we really don't have the research that we need to see the effects and the correlation between viewing and taking in these images and, you know, especially with adolescent girls, a lot of these studies have been done in college-age populations. So we need more research that targets adolescent girls and younger girls and boys that talks about the consequences of taking in these images. The Act also creates a national task force on women and girls in the media to identify voluntary standards for promoting healthier media messages about girls and women. And this is a way to get industry involved through the FCC, bringing together people in psychology and girls development and youth development and industry to create these standards together. And we are going to be hosting a big meeting on this topic in D.C. in October. I really think we have a huge opportunity to change the media landscape. We have supporters such as the Alliance for Women in Media, the American Association of University Women, the Black Women's Health Imperative, the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in the Media, Children now Lifetime Network, the National Eating Disorders Association. We have really a range of 31 or 32 supporters. We could give you some information at www.girlscouts.org about how to connect to our advocacy work. Another area that we are really excited about is our new program in leadership development. We've always done leadership, but not everybody knows us for leadership. So we have created what we are calling journeys for girls that take them through a leadership experience relevant to issues that they really care about in their lives. The latest one is called It's Your Story, Tell It, to create self-esteem programming for girls to get girls active, to build their skills and accomplish their goals. So we're talking about the issues of of self-esteem. This is very critical and I think it's not played enough in our society of just how powerful the media is and how responsive young girls and, and young boys too are to what they're seeing 
reading in the media. And that's why we really feel like it's important to develop programming that builds girls' media literacy skills, but also helps girls develop their skills and talents in areas that they're interested in because it diverts some of their energy away from being obsessed with their bodies and what they look like towards more productive pursuits that they get them out into the world. We know so much that self-esteem is really tied to skill development. You know, you can't just tell a girl to feel good about herself or feel confident. It really needs to be tied to a sense of accomplishment. And that's what we hope that this programming will allow girls to do. As I mentioned, it's called It's Your Story, Tell It. And the connections to self-esteem around holistic health, diversity, and taking leadership through taking action on issues that girls care about. Is this done with the parents or is this done just by the girls themselves or with someone else? Um, This is done with groups of girls, with adults there as supporters. We do have some programming around body image and self-esteem that is direct mother-daughter programming, which is really crucial. Attention is really given to the influence that moms have on a girl's body image and fathers too. In the study that we did a few years ago, we heard that a girl's mother was the number one person she went to for advice around health and also was the number one influence around role model for her body image. And we know that when a mom doesn't feel good about her own body and is not role modeling positive behavior, a girl doesn't either, no matter if she is overweight or not. You bring up a very interesting point because we're looking at younger girls, but mothers, older women are also part of the media blitz. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them may not consider themselves sexy unless they're looking younger. It's a very subtle but very real image projection that can go on to a young girl. And girls are watching. They watch so intently uh, what their mothers are doing and how their mothers are talking about their body and presenting themselves and whether their mothers are praising them for the way that they look or, or rather than what they do. And I think that a lot of parents feel they have to throw their hands up because the media is just such so powerful and has such a large influence on their kids' day-to-day lives. But study after study that we do shows that it's really the people who influence girls, it's really the people that they live with and spend a lot of time with on a day-to-day basis. And parents, and especially moms around this issue, are key. So, so much of this has to do with the role modeling that moms can do that can trickle down to their daughters. And a lot of mothers are not aware of this issue or how it affects them and also think that, you know, well, it's just life. Why, why do we have to change it? The mother has to actually sometimes literally step into her daughter's life and, mm-hmm. and see what she's bringing to her daughter. Right. And also that entails stepping into her own life and history and what she was like as a girl and how she got to the place where she is around these issues. So it's not light work. It is pretty intense. And it's great if you have some guidance from other support people, other adults who are doing this programming together so that people don't feel isolated. One of the things that you bring up also when you use the word isolation is that we tend to externalize the responsibility for raising our children to the schools or to the media and not do them themselves. I I once heard a most, it's a chilling comment and I, I wish I could remember who said it so I could give credit, but it was talking to fathers and it said to fathers, the most difficult thing you may ever have to do in your daughter's life is to talk to her about sex, but it's also the most important thing that you can do for her. That is, it's really also critical, the father-daughter relationship. And we see that girls look to their fathers and the men in their lives, like male caregivers in their lives, for how they model their own romantic relationships and their own friendships with other men. And there's one anecdote that I remember really well from the study we did a few years ago. And it could go either way. It could be a positive influence or a negative influence. And this was mixed in that this one girl was saying, my mother was telling me you're beautiful just the way you are. Don't change. And that's a lot of the messages, too, that she gets mixed messages. You're beautiful the way you are, but no, you're obese. You need to change. You need to be thinner. You need to lose weight. So there's these two things 
going on at once, but her father was actually her basketball coach. And while she was hearing from her mother, you're fine, you look great just the way you are, her father was saying, you know, you could drop a few pounds, you could lose some weight, and she told us that she believed her father. Mm. So that story in and of itself shows like the powerful impact that how you talk to girls and just even the subtle comments can really affect them. And I think we do need to look at the father-daughter relationship more because it is a lot of where girls get their their own modeling of, of relationships with men. I think all this is wonderful work and we're teaching the, the children and we're teaching the adults how to teach our children to make critical analysis of what they see in the media and how to either reject it or proportion it so that they can take from it what is safe. Mm-hmm. And I'm very delighted that the Girl Scouts are doing this because we need a structured organization and we need something that is big enough that a child can look at. Because in a funny way, you too, the Girl Scouts, are media. We are media and we've gotten people telling us that we need more realistic images of the images of girls that we put out in our media, in our advertising, in our promotional material. So that's good you know, feedback and insight to get to. Let me ask you very quickly because we're only going to have a minute sure. or two left, but mm-hmm. what's the status of this bill? Is it looking like it's going to pass? Are they arguing against it? Are they saying it's not good because of financial reasons? Any, any updates? Well, I think that right now it's kind of at a status quo because August is not right. a hot it's time a- for things to happen. So we're going to be revisiting it in the fall and we hope to create a lot of media attention and, and, and other attention on this topic in this uh, convening that we have again with uh, industry and government and other youth development leaders in October. So hopefully that'll galvanize some support and hopefully people will see the importance that this has. And I think it's really about talking about the consequences of the issue because you need to know about the impact and we need more research to learn about the impact too. The bill is subtitled as a bill to authorize grants, I'm reading it, and to authorize grants to promote media literacy and youth empowerment programs to authorize research on the role and impact of depictions of girls and women in the media and to provide for the establishment of a national task force on girls and women in the media and for other purposes. A lot of this, if it comes from the government, that will help. A lot of it's got to come from home and home organizations like the Girl Scouts. Judy Schoenberg is from the Girl Scouts Research Institute, and she is discussing a very significant project that they've been involved with in one way or another for decades, but most specifically in the last decade or so, about getting healthier images and healthier self-esteem situations for young girls as they go through adolescence. This is very critical work because the spinoff is hopefully a much better life for these young ladies and their families and their people around them. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot.